want to open your Bibles to a familiar passage in the book of St. Matthew, chapter 14. And I'm going to just read one verse today. My version may be a little bit different than yours, but I want you to follow along with me. I will be reading from the King James Version, and I want you to look at just one verse this morning, and I want you to stay with me. I don't want you to get ahead of me. Hello, somebody. Because sometimes when you turn to a familiar scripture, some folks say, oh, I haven't heard that before. But I need you to understand that not only is God's mercy new every morning, God has a new revelation for you when you open up your heart to hear what he says. Hello, somebody. Are y'all following what I'm saying? And so I'm going to read just one verse, but I need you to stay with me. Amen? When you get to Matthew chapter 14, I just want you to stand in honor of God's word. Matthew chapter 14. Now, when you get it, make sure that your neighbor has it, because we want to walk down this path together. Amen? Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 14. I'm going to read just one verse. Amen? Just, just one verse is what I'm going to read. If you got to say Jesus, I'm going to read verse 22 for your hearing. And it reads this thus. And straight away, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitude away. You may be seated. I want you to keep your Bibles open, and I just want to minister from this subject. In times of transition, stay in the ship. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, in times of transition, stay in the ship. Now, if you, if you pay attention and follow me, we're going to go somewhere with this. I'm here today on an assignment from the Lord. In times of transition, stay in the ship. Forest Baptist Church is in a time of transition. Can I get an Amen. And in this time of transition, you need to stay in the ship. Now, God, in his infinite wisdom, has allowed you to reach a point where it's time for a transition. But you need to understand a time for transition doesn't occur until something else has occurred. Now, this text is a familiar text, but oftentimes people don't realize that it was a time of transition. Let me break it down for you. If you still got your Bibles open, you'll notice that before Jesus encountered this event of walking on the scene, he had done something else. Hello, somebody. And what we need to understand that before he got to where he was, 
he had completed another assignment. Y'all better catch me. And, and I want you to look at your Bibles because if you look at verse number 20, it gives us an indication of why it was appropriate for a time of transition. If you look at your Bible, you will find out that in verse 20 it says, and they did eat, hello somebody, and they were what? Now I'm not going to go into all of this, but Jesus had just fed 5,000. Hello somebody. And he had taught his disciples certain principles. And once the folks was filled, it was okay then for a time of transition. And so after they had completed this, Jesus says to his disciples, and he gave them some specific instructions. Now, we don't get to verse 22 if it hadn't been a verse 20. Oh, y'all ain't catching me. Y'all ain't catching me. You, you see, you could not be in a time of transition unless something else has already been concluded that was consistent with the Lord's will. Are y'all with me? Now, stay with me because we're about to show you something. Now, let's look at verse 22 again. Verse 22 again. Because I want you to see some words here. Now, if you look at this, it says, and straight away, and straight away. Now, remember, it's time for a transition. Now, some version would say immediately, okay? But I want you to focus on and straight away. Now, this is important. You see, you can do some things immediately, but you can still do them immediately wrong. But when you're moving in a straight direction, Hello, somebody. Y'all better catch me. When you're moving in a straight direction, you're not going to get off course. Are y'all following what I'm saying? And so Jesus said, and straight away. Amen. You see, he didn't give them no crooked directions. Y'all better catch what I'm saying. Y'all better stay with me now. So he says, and straight away. Now, what straight away means, I want to give you a specific direction, and I want you to move without delay. Y'all with me? Now, to further clarify that, he says, Jesus constrained his disciples. Now, what did he mean by this word constrain? Constrain. Jesus constrained his disciples. And when you look at that word constrain, he is giving direction to keep within a specific limit. Y'all better catch me. Now, I'm breaking this down because I'm going to try to show you something. He, gave, he constrained his disciples. He gave them specific direction within specific limits. Are y'all following what I'm saying? Now, this is important because sometimes... When it's time of transition, we want to do our own thing rather than stay within the limits. Let me give you an example. If you pay attention to the politics, they're going to tell you that certain things is okay. Hello, somebody. 
but but if you stay with the straight way, oh y'all ain't catching me, y'all ain't catching me. If you stay with the straight away, you're gonna stay within the limits. Hello, somebody. In case you're confused, here's the limits. Genesis to Revelation. I wish I had to witness. Hey! Genesis to Revelation. That's the limits. Are y'all following what I'm saying? And so Jesus constrained his disciples and he gave them specific limits. Now, won't you pay attention? In this verse, he gives them the limits. Stay with me. Jesus constrained his disciples to first to get into the ship. That was the first direction. To get into the ship. It's time for a transition. And he says to his disciples, get in the ship. Y'all with me? Now the second thing he says to them, Y'all with me? And go before him. Get in the ship. Go before him. Very specific. But then he adds the third step. And look what it says. Unto the other side. So they had specific instructions. Get into the ship. Go before him. And meet me on the other side. Now, y'all do that while I deal with the multitude. Now, y'all ain't catching it. You see, he gave them specific instructions. He constrained them and gave them the limits. Y'all follow me? Now, this is critical in times of transition because the enemy will come and try to get you to go outside the limits. Hello, somebody. But, but, but you need to understand, in times of transition, stay in the ship. Now, notice this. He says, I want y'all to get into the ship, go before me, unto the other side, while he will send the multitude away. Y'all with me? Now, I want you to understand that I under, some of the versions will use the word boat. Okay? But what you need to understand, there is a difference between a ship and a boat. Amen? Let me break it down for you. You see, Jesus is always coming from where we're going. Y'all better catch what I just said. Now, he intentionally said get into the ship. And here's why. A ship is designed different than a boat. You see, a boat is designed to float upon the top of the water. But a ship, catch me now, a ship is built to go into the water, to separate the water, and go on through. Oh, y'all ain't catching me. Y'all ain't catching me. And so this is important in times of transition. Y'all with me? This is important. Why is this important? Because you see, when you go through times of transition, the enemy is going to show enough, act up. But if you stay in the ship, you're going to be all right. Are y'all following me? Stay with me. 
So we see here, he says, get into the ship. Now, my wife and I had the privilege last year to go to Israel. And we were at the Sea of Galilee. And I asked the Jews there, was it a boat or was it a ship? And they said, well, if you go all the way back to when Jesus called his disciples, he said they were fishermen. And he says the difference between a fisherman and somebody fish is that a fisherman understands the skill of fishing. Y'all better catch what I'm saying. In other words, they had an occupation. They were skillful. This was their mainstay of employment. It wasn't like me who go out to the lake and throw something out there and hope that something come up. Oh, glory to God. No, no, they, they understood what waters to be in. And when you went to the Sea of Galilee, what you find out, you don't want, because of the current, to just to be in the boat. Because the current will overflow a boat. Oh, y'all ain't catching me. You need to catch this now. And so the Sea of Galilee, where this takes place, a boat is not what you want to be in. You want to be in the ship. Now, why is that important? Because when we look at the devil today in your lives, he's going to come at you when you make a decision in times of transition to stay with the Lord. Hello, somebody. He, he's not going to give you a vacation. Y'all with me? So I want to give you the background because in this particular text, we find that there are some critical principles you need to pay attention to in times of transition. Now, stay with me. Verse 23, and when Jesus had sent the multitude away, he went up into the mountain apart to what? Now, I need to stop there. Now, Jesus understood it was a time of transition. And because of that, he didn't want to go any further in the transition without prayer. What are you saying? I'm saying as you're getting ready to go through transition, you better be praying. Oh, y'all better hear what I'm saying. You better be praying. Hello, somebody. Now, for some of y'all, I need to say this. Prayer is not just you talking, because some of you talk too much. I'm talking about the kind of prayer where when you talk, you also, hello, somebody. Because, see, prayer is not complete until you listen and follow what you have been told. Are y'all with me? And so Jesus, he wanted to make sure that what he was doing is consistent with his father. So if Jesus went to pray in times of transition, I stop by to tell you today, you need to be praying in times of transition. I wish I had a witness. Hello, somebody. Now notice this. He went to pray, apart to pray, and when the evening was come, he was there alone. Now let's look at the next verse. Verse 24. But when the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was what? Now, there's not a problem with contrary winds if you stay in the ship. 
not a problem. Because remember what I told you, the ship is designed to go into the water, to separate it, and go on through. So the fact that the wind and the waves were contrary against the ship wasn't a problem. Hello, somebody. And what you need to understand that when you decide to stay in the ship, the enemy's going to come. But if you stay in the ship, there's safety in the ship. I wish I had a witness. Hello, somebody. Are y'all with me? Now, notice this, because the story begins to get interesting here. And in the fourth watch, y'all see that? Of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Now, you might be familiar with the fact that the Jewish folks took the evening and divided it into four watches, okay? Now they're in the fourth watch. So when was the first watch? Well, the first watch started when Jesus went to the mountain because it was evening. Y'all remember what it says there? Remember it says in verse 23, and when the evening was come, evening starts at 6 o'clock. The first watch is from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. So now Jesus, he went to pray at 6 o'clock. He stayed there for quite a while because now we're in the fourth watch. Hello, somebody. And uh, the Bible says here that it was in the fourth watch, which is 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Okay? The first watch is from 6 to 9. The second watch is from 9 to 12. The third watch is from 12 a.m. to 3 a.m. And the fourth watch is from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Now, if you're up at 3 o'clock, you know that the sun ain't shining. It's dark. Are y'all following what I'm saying? So now here it is dark. Jesus is walking on the sea. Now, notice the Bible did not say that Jesus was on the sea walking. There's a difference. The Bible says now Jesus was walking on the sea. But it did not say that Jesus was on the sea walking. Now, for some of y'all, you probably say, what difference does it make? <laughs> it makes a big difference. Because you see, him walking on the sea is consistent with what he told his disciples in 22. Straight away. Meet me on the other side. If the Bible had said that Jesus was on the sea walking, it would have meant he had reached his destination. The destination was not the sea. Nobody catch it. He told them in verse 22, get into the ship, go before me, to the other side. That's what he said. So walking on the sea would have meant he reached his destination, but that was not his destination. What was his destination? The other side. Y'all with me? Now here's where it becomes even more interesting. Notice this, stay with me. 
And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were what? Troubled, saying, is it a spirit? Yes, it's a spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. Hello, somebody. Are y'all with me? But, but, but it's interesting here because they said they were troubled saying, is it a spirit? Is it a spirit? And they cried out for fear. Now, let me explain something to you. You and I are spirits, amen, who live in a body. You see, when you look at this beautiful outside, you really don't see me. You just see the house that I'm living in. Oh, glory to God. Are y'all hear what I'm saying? Jesus, when he was on the sea walking, they say, is it a spirit? And yes, it is the spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. And let me explain something to you. Whenever the Holy Spirit is moving, you should never have fear. Y'all better catch me. Because the Bible is clear. God has not given us the spirit of fear. Are y'all with me? So here his disciples, the ones who walked with him, the ones who saw him do miracle after miracle, see him walking on the sea, and then they go, oh, we're scared. Why are you scared? You don't need to be scared of the Holy Spirit. Hello, somebody. Y'all with me? Now, this gets interesting. But straight away, Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Now, if your Bible like mine, those words are in red. That is the indication that this is what Jesus said. Notice what he said. It is I. Hello, somebody. Are y'all with me? But, but, but notice what happens next. And Peter answered him and said... Lord, if it be thou. Now, I'm going to stop here for a moment because in times of transition, the enemy sometimes will get you to act like you don't know what you should know. Y'all better catch me. Jesus just said, it is I. Hello, somebody. The one, there is no error. The one who never lies. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Jesus said, it is I. But Peter gets to the point and said, if it be thou. Now, if you study some of the translations, say, well, that was just a matter of speech. What he was trying to say, since it's thou bid me to come. Well, even if you were to accept that argument, there's still a problem. Because here's the issue. Go back to verse 22. What did Jesus tell them to do? To get into the ship, go before me, get into the ship, go before me to the other side. But now you have Peter, he's ready to change the instruction. Because he said, if it be thou, or if he was to say, since it's thou, bid me to come. 
Wait a minute. You can't change what God has already ordained. Y'all better pay attention here. And here's the problem. Y'all need to catch this. The moment he said, if it be thou, there's a problem. I want y'all to catch this. Because sometimes in transition, we fail to forget that God knows what he's doing. Hello, somebody. Peter must have forgot what the Lord told him before they took off. Hello, somebody. And sometimes we do that. We forget what we've been taught. Hello, somebody. Now, here's the problem. I want y'all to catch this. Peter says, if it be thou, bid me to come. Now, here's where the problem is for the Lord. Now, Jesus has to make a decision. He has to make a decision now. Because number one, since you said, if it be me, bid me to come. If I tell you not to come, then you ain't going to believe it's me. Because notice he says, if it be thou, bid me to come. So if you say, if you who you say you are, let me come. There's a problem with that. Because first of all, that's not the instruction that I gave you, number one. And number two, if I don't let you come, then you're going to be saying, well, you're not who you say you are. But here's the third problem, and y'all need to catch this one. If I allow you to come, catch me, you're going to encounter something that I never desired you to encounter. Everybody catch me? And it's right here in the text. I'm going to show you in a minute. Now, Jesus has to make a decision. Peter, what? I just told you it was me. And now you're saying, if it's me. Okay? Now, if I don't let you come, you're going to doubt who I am. But if I let you come, now you're going to cause another problem that you ain't ready for. So Jesus makes the decision. Now notice what happens here. Look at verse 29. And he said, come. Y'all see that? And when Peter was come down out of the what? He walked on the water to go to Jesus. Y'all see that? Peter is partying now. I done changed the instructions, and I'm having a good time. And I'm doing my thing. Hello, somebody. I'm doing my thing. I ain't doing the God thing. I'm doing my thing. And here's the problem. When you begin to do your thing, you're going to end up in trouble. Hello, somebody. Are y'all following what I'm saying? You're going to end up in trouble. Now, notice here in verse 30. And when he saw the wind boisterous, he was what? And began to what? Now here's what y'all need to catch. The instruction was, get into the ship, go before me to the other side. Jesus never intended for them to deal with boisterous winds. 
Now, if you notice, early on, it talked about contrary winds. And remember I told you that when you're in the ship, that ship goes through the water, separated, and you keep on going. But when you get outside the ship, not only do you move from dealing with contrary winds, but now you're dealing with boisterous winds. And here's the problem. When the winds become boisterous and the, the sound becomes loud and rough, you take your eyes off of Jesus. And anytime you're going through time to transition and you take your eyes off of Jesus, you're going to move from contrary wind to boisterous wind and you're going to begin to sink. It was never God's intention for Peter to be on the water and sink. Y'all better catch me. See, in times of transition, you need to stay in the ship. Now, the Bible says he began to sink. Now, I know a little bit about swimming. Because I can swim. And I discovered at an early age that swimming in the water is better than drowning in the water. <laughs> now the Bible goes on and it says he began to sink and he cried saying, Lord, save me. Now, I have to give Peter credit that now he realized he's someplace that God never intended for him to be. And he ends up asking for help. Now, this is not one of them long liturgical prayers here. There's three words. Lord, save me. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Are y'all following? He had sense enough to ask the Lord to save him. Sometimes when we go through times of transition and we end up in situations where God never intended, some of us ain't got sense enough to say, Lord, save me. Because we want to save face. Hello, somebody. We want to try to cover it up. We want to try to make it something that is not. Hello, somebody. And so he said, Lord, save me. Now notice what the Bible says here. It says here, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Y'all see that? And when they were come into the ship, the wind what? They got back to where they were supposed to be. Hello, somebody. Are y'all following me? Now, this is important because as you go through times of transition, there are going to be distractions. Hello, somebody. But you've got to understand that in spite of the distractions, you want to stay in the ship. Hello, somebody. Stay in the ship. Now, it's, it's important for you to understand that there's a couple things here I want to try to show you. Real quickly, this <laughs> I want to show you three principles real quickly that I want you to remember in times of transition. Okay? 
I want to I show you three quick principles. The first one that I want you to write down is this. And it's, it's found in verse 26. Don't let fear frustrate your future. In times of transition, don't allow fear to frustrate your future. You see, in verse 26, the Bible was clear. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, is it a spirit? And they cried out for fear. Well, see, when you understand what God is telling you to do, you do that. And when you're doing what God is telling you, you have no reason to fear. Because whenever fear comes in, it cancels out your faith. Hello, somebody. Are y'all hearing me? You see, if the fellas had really stopped and thought about what was happening, they would have said, well, wait a minute, the Lord told us, not the bishop, not the governor, not the president, but the Lord told us, get into the ship, go before him, and meet him on the other side. So no matter what happens between here and there, we're going to operate in faith and do what he said. Hello, somebody. Are y'all hearing me? But, but they allowed fear to frustrate them. I stopped by today to tell you, during this time of transition, don't let fear frustrate your future. And you see, you don't have to worry about the future as long as you remember who holds the future. I wish I had a witness. Hello, somebody. Are y'all with me? You see, they ended up being afraid when they should have been walking on faith. You see, when God gives you a plan of action, stay with the plan of action. It doesn't matter what happens around the plan. You stay in the plan of action. Are y'all hearing me? So we don't want to allow fear to frustrate your future. Y'all with me? You see, fear is always an enemy to your faith. Y'all need to remember that. Fear is always an enemy to your faith. So during the time of transition, remember, don't allow fear to frustrate your future. Now here's the problem that some of us run into. We allow fear to come in because we're nosy. Amen, lights, okay. See, some of us, we want to know everything, and we want to know it now. Hello, somebody. But if you understand what God tells you, that's all you need to know. And then you operate on faith. Hello, somebody. Are y'all with me? You see, you and I, when we follow his instruction, we don't have to know everything. But the problem is we've gotten so convenient. You know, GPS. Okay, I ain't going nowhere until this shows me. MapQuest. I ain't going nowhere until it shows me. But see, you got to understand, faith is not knowing. Faith is believing. Oh, y'all better catch what I just said. You see, when you operate in faith, you don't have to know. All you have to do is believe. You see, Jesus made it clear to them, I'm giving you specific directions within the limits. 
get into the ship, go before me, and meet me on the other side. You see, if they had been focusing upon what Jesus said, they would have never let the surroundings get in their way. Why is this important? Because when you go through times of transition, people who you don't even know got advice for you. Child, if I was y'all, I'd do this. Child, if, hello, somebody, y'all better catch me. No, you stay focused in the ship. Hello, somebody. Stay with the plan. Are y'all hearing me? Oh, glory. So don't allow fear to frustrate your future. Let me give you point number two. And it's found in verse 26. He says here, I mean, verse 28. He says here, and when he had come, and Peter was coming down out of ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, at this point, Peter was feeling good. Hello, somebody. But I need to remind you that everything feel good ain't good. Hello, somebody. And so what I need you to understand is you do not allow your feelings to freeze your future. Y'all better catch me. Don't allow your feelings to freeze your future. Peter was walking on the water. He wasn't thinking about Jesus. He had got into himself. He's doing his own thing. But your feelings will get you in trouble. Just like fear is an enemy to your faith, you need to be careful because your feelings can be an enemy to your faith. Hello, somebody. You see, when God clearly speaks to you, you better listen to what he said rather than your feelings. Y'all better catch me. Because everything feel good, it ain't good for you. Hello, somebody. Everything look good, ain't good. Oh, glory to God. Are y'all hear what I'm saying? Amen. And so you don't want your feelings to flee, freeze your future. Too many folks at a young age allow their feelings to direct them rather than God's word. And as a result of that, the potential that they have in God gets frozen. Hello, somebody. Are y'all hear what I'm saying? You better catch me. You don't want to allow your feelings to freeze your future. Y'all with me? See, Peter experienced sinking in the water because of his feelings. And it was never God's intent for him to be into that water to go through what he went through. Are y'all following me? There's things in your life, if you don't pay attention to God and just pay attention to your feelings, you're going to end up in trouble. Amen, lights. But, but you've you got to follow the word of God. I told you a minute ago, remember, wherever you and I are going, God is coming from. And because he's coming from it, I need you to know that the fight is fixed. Hey, oh, glory to God. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Because I'm a king's kid. Hello, somebody. Something might catch me by surprise, but it ain't going to catch him by surprise. Hello, somebody. Are y'all with me? Years ago, there was this song came out. It was a good meaning song. And a lot of us took it to the extreme. And the song simply says this. 
I feel like going on. And we got all into that. But here's the problem. You got to remember, your feelings is not the measuring stick for you to go on. You better allow your faith to be the measuring stick for you to go. Oh, y'all better hear what I'm saying. Oh, glory to God. Oh, oh glory. You, you, you better allow your faith to be the measuring stick for you to go on. Because you see, there's many times where your feelings can't explain it, but faith will. Hello, somebody. Are y'all hearing me? My final point is a close. My final point. And uh, it's found in verse 30. The Bible says, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. Y'all see that? Now, if you've ever been in water and you begin to sink, what ends up happening, you start fighting against the water. And you end up getting yourself tired and wore out. Even if you're a swimmer, a lot of times you cannot muster up enough strength to do what you should be able to do because of what you've been trained to do. What are you saying? Don't let fatigue cause failure for your future. Y'all better catch me. Don't get tired in the process. Hello, somebody. And allow it to cause failure for your future. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? You see, sometimes when God tells us something, it might not happen right now. But that's not a reason for you to give up. Hello, somebody. That's not a reason for you to throw in the towel. You need to understand that fatigue is also an enemy to your faith. Hello, somebody. And this is important when we talk about building the kingdom of God. You see, some of us, we're praying for certain people to get saved, that God will move upon their life. But then the devil gets to you and says, it's been three years. You need to stop praying for that person. The devil's a lie. You don't allow, hello, somebody, fatigue to stop you from moving forward. Hello, somebody. You don't allow fatigue to cause failure in your future. Don't get tired on God. Because remember, his time is always on time. Hello, somebody. His time is always on time. Amen. Remember those principles that I've outlined for you today as you go through this time of transition. And I guarantee you, if you stay in the ship, you will meet him on the other side. Hello, somebody. And, and, and these principles... Jesus illustrated when he served God in order to serve us. Remember feelings? I talked about feelings. Jesus had feelings, but he did not allow his feelings to cause failure in his future. Hello, somebody. Remember his feelings? Remember what he said? He said, Father, if this cup can pass from me, if there's another way to do this, I feel like I want to try that. Hello, somebody. But then he kicked into his faith. And then he said, nevertheless, my will, but thy will be done. Hello, somebody. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? He did not allow his feelings. Because remember, when he walked the earth 33 and a third years, he understood what crucifixion was. 
See, y'all ain't catching it. Jesus was not the first and only person to be crucified. Are y'all following me? He understood because he saw many people crucified. And he understood that of all the ways to die, that was the most grilling and, and the most devastating way to die. And so he looked at that and the feelings, he said, Father, who I, I, I don't mind, you know, being obedient and, and, and saving your folks. But when I look at this thing called crucifixion, Daddy, is there another way that I can save mankind without me stretching my arms out wide, without them piercing me in my side, without the blood and water streaming down? Daddy, is there another way? That was the feeling. But then he remembered. He remembered. And she shall have a son. And thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, God with us. The faith of him stepped in, y'all. And he said, not my will, but thy will be done. Fatigue. On that cross. Nailed to it. The Bible says, he gave up the ghost. Hello, somebody. But he never gave up on you and me. Hello, somebody. Are, are, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And, and what's important for you to realize that during times of transition, Jesus himself, he did not let fatigue stop him from being about his father's business. You and I need to make sure that as we're going through times of transition, we don't allow fatigue to stop us from being about our father's business. You know the story? They took him off of that cross. And this is the part that really excited me when I learned about it. Maceo, they put him in a borrowed tomb. Oh, y'all ain't catching it. You see, when you borrow something, you have the intention to give it back. Oh, y'all ain't catching me. Y'all ain't catching me. You see, Jesus didn't need a tomb of his own. Hello, somebody. He just needs to borrow one for just a little while. Hello, somebody. And the Bible tells us that on the third day, he got up not with just some power. He got up with all power. Power to help you and me through times of transition. Let us leave here today not allowing feeling to get into the way. Not allowing fear to get into the way. Not allowing fatigue to get into the way of our future. We're going to allow faith. Woo! Glory to God. Faith in the almighty God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords to take us through so we can meet him on the other side. Woo! Glory. Woo! The goal is for us to meet him on the other side, y'all. That's the goal. We don't want to get stuck in the middle of the sea. Hello, somebody. We, we want to meet him on the other side. And the other side is called heaven. Is there anybody want to go to heaven? Is there anybody on their way to heaven? Is there anybody want to see those mansions that he's there prepared for you and me? Do I have any witnesses out here today? Hallelujah! Woo, glory! 
cloud. Jesus did not allow feelings, fear, or fatigue to destroy his future. Forest Baptist, I'm here today to tell you, during times of transition, don't allow feelings, fear, or fatigue to distract your future. Hello, somebody. But I want you to operate in faith in the almighty God and meet him on the other side. Let us stand. There might be somebody here today.